Yep, yep, yep. Going solo. But uh, coming back to why we are here and why we are playing the song, uh, my next guest actually chose the song uh, Zamantungwa Kumalo, property entrepreneur, author, Buy Your First Home. So, Buy Your First Home is a book uh, by my guest, award-winning media specialist turned property entrepreneur and a podcaster as well as an author. Good to have you in the studio. Oh, it's so great to be here, Bertha. Thank you so much for the invite. The song. Such, uh, a, such a, a short song, though. Very short. Um, I think it's one of those songs that, I mean, it comes and it speaks to how in everything that you do, you don't walk alone. You walk with, you know, your ancestors and you're asking them to light the way in everything that you're doing and that they walk ahead in everything. So whatever it is that you're going to face ahead, uh, they must light the way. And if there's any danger, they must avert the danger. So I think it's just such an apt song, um, especially I mean, when a producer even asked me for which songs. I was like, this is the one that I want. It's the first one. It's very short. Uh, I mean, my own book is, is dedicated to my grandmother Unangubeni and who you know who passed away a few months after I was born um, it's dedicated you know in the beginning I say it's dedicated to and it's really a recognition that I, I I don't walk alone and that the success that I've enjoyed over the years is not just mine you know there are people um, certainly friends family but them as well who have paved the way for me and and really are a true testament to that it does take a village uh, for each and every one of us to be where we are um, individually and collectively mm. you know as I was listening to the song because I can't I couldn't really tell I can't I couldn't understand per se what they what you know what what Ansika was saying but something just said to me this sounds very spiritual yes yeah, it's just one of those things where you're saying, uh, I mean, he literally is saying to his people, they must walk ahead, um, you know, in everything that he's doing. And it's a testimony that even when you wake up, you're like to God, you know, walk ahead in everything that I'm doing, light up the, the way, open up the doors uh, that you would have me walk through. And, and I think that's just one of the things that so many of us probably can uh, relate to that. As much as, you know, we want to succeed, we want to do so much for ourselves, you recognize that there's God, there's ancestors, there's so many other things above us and beyond us um, that are at play. So you're really asking them to pave the way and light the way for you in all of your endeavors. Now, let's come to property. Yes. Take us through your book first. Buy your first home, the elements you included in the book. So, you know, this book was one of those things that I... Uh, was it was an accidental book in many ways. So Buy Your First Home, South Africa's Ultimate Property Guide for Newbies. This is a book I wish existed when I started on my property journey. So, you know, in the book I write how in my early 20s when I started working, so at about 22, I, you know, started viewing properties. You know, you're now working, you know, a full-time job. You're, uh, and I was managing, you know, studying part-time, but also working. And I thought I want to get into the pop on the property, uh, property ladder. And started viewing different properties. 
but I actually got intimidated. And and I mean, all the research I was trying to do, there wasn't a lot of resources back then of properties in South Africa or how to navigate the property market rather in South Africa. And fast forward to my you know mid twenties, I'm now twenty six, and I was having yet another sort of quarter life crisis. I think a lot of us overachievers sometimes think, oh my god, you know, I haven't done enough. I need to do something to show that you know I'm successful. And and then I decided to buy myself two properties for my 27th birthday. You know, I actually tell a great story in the book uh, about how I even came to that decision. And I'm not going to spoil it. People must get the book. And and that's how I started my journey. But it was very accidental. There were many mistakes I made. Um, I mean, one of the mistakes, and I'll, I'll, I'll share this one. I, I do share it in the book, was obviously a lot of us, when we buy our first property, we're going to, you know, have it financed by the banks. And so when you buy a bonded property, you actually have two sets of attorneys that handle your prop, uh, you know, the property transaction. You have your transferring attorneys and also have your bond registration attorneys. All the research that I had done, I knew I had to budget for lawyers. I only budgeted for one. I knew about transferring attorneys. I didn't know about bond registration attorneys. And now you can imagine I'm buying two properties, so I'm actually going to pay four lawyers. Uh, you know, the first invoice comes in, the second invoice comes in. I knew about them. I was prepared. I budgeted. I pay them. Third invoice comes in and I'm like, what's happening here? Fourth invoice comes in and I thought, oh my God, am I being scammed? Like, did somebody get my email address? And you know, it's one of those scams where people send you an invoice. Luckily, one of the attorneys was so kind. You know, I called the number and then she explained it to me. She was like, no, remember you're buying it. Uh, you know, we've been appointed by the banks. This is how we work. This is what we do in the transaction. And, you know, I was fortunate that I, I was able to raise the money. My mom helped me out in that department. Otherwise, I wouldn't have, you know, been able to go through with the transaction. But when you're buying your first property, you don't want to find out any financial surprises, mm. um, especially at that stage in, in the property matter, right? Because you would have signed your OTP, you have gotten your bank finance. Now the attorneys are coming in with their invoices. The mistake of not having budgeted enough can be such a huge uh, setback because some people, you know, end up, for instance, taking up a loan uh, during the process, which we know is actually such a bad thing because um, it can have an inverse effect on your, you know, on your home loan application. So those are some of the nuggets that I share um, and some of the mistakes to avoid, some of the things to look out for. And I really walk the reader through the process of buying your first home. You know, it's such an intimidating thing. Uh, I think many of us tend to not know who we can turn to when mm. we are embarking on that uh, journey. And so this book really holds your hand. It's almost like having your friend there. You know, when I was uh, launching the book, uh, my good friend, Dr. Musam Tumbenu, was, was I was in conversation with him. And he was saying when he read the book, it was like, you know, having your friend next to you who's walking you through the journey and almost signposting, this is what you can look forward to in this stage. When you're viewing the property, Watch out for this. Ask this question. And I think that's such an important thing because we don't know what we don't know until we're in the thick of it uh, and only realize after the fact that, oh, my gosh, I could have negotiated better or chosen better yeah. uh, while I was making that transaction. And there are so many hidden little things that you discover if you don't do your homework properly. So was it something that you were always passionate about? You know, in many ways, Yes, and in others, no. So, I mean, I my, my full-time career is a very different career. I, you know, I've got a media background. I used to work in radio, um, you know, started off at Power FM and then moved into, you know, Mail and Guardian. So I had a very big media and communications background and then worked in corporate and 
property was a thing I was doing really on the side. You know, I got interested in it. I wanted to have a property portfolio, grow my property portfolio. It was one of the ways that I was looking at uh, for investment purposes. And how it started being, I want to say mainstream, so more public was, you know, like many of us, I was, you know, on Twitter and I would sort of very randomly tweet certain frustrations, right? I mean, I became a landlord. And so sometimes you'd, you know, get frustrated by little things. And just the way we'd all just, you know, bemoan things on social media. A friend that I had met on Twitter and we're now very good friends, Unomfondo, you know, saw my tweets and knew, of course, about my property journey. And she had seen a tweet by another lady who had asked, um, you know, for anybody who's been, who's bought a property before 30, do you have any tips for those of us who are looking to, you know, break into the property market and buy our first property? She tagged me on the post and, you know, I thought a little bit about whether to respond or not. But then I responded and I did a thread that went viral. I mean, literally a lot of people ended up even reaching, reaching out to me in my DMs, and I realized that there actually isn't, uh, I want to say, a trusted authority when it comes to first-time home buying that isn't trying to sell you something, right? They're not; it's not your agent who obviously needs to sell you the home, and and that's how it kind of started. And you know, I, I use social media to um, get as much information out there as possible, and then ended up even you know hosting a daily property podcast for two and a half years, and that was really transformative and also empowering South Africans in making better property decisions. And I think while all of that was happening, got approached by my publisher. So NB Publishers, you know, slid into my DMs and said, you know, are you writing a property book? Is this something that you'd be keen on? And at the time, I really wasn't thinking about it. And they were like, listen, we South Africa actually needs an accessible property book for people to be able to navigate their first time home buying uh, journey. And there wasn't something like that. You know, you could find books that are helping you if you're a property investor, but not so much when you're a first time home buyer. And I knew that because I'd been looking for those resources when I started out. And and it really didn't take a lot of convincing. I think more than anything, I said to myself, this is the book that you wish existed uh, when you started. So you, now you have to write it so that it, it, so that it exists for other people. Mm. Let's fast forward. The property market of, uh, post-COVID. It's actually been very interesting. I mean, one of the things that we knew um, sort of post-COVID, I mean, we're not fully even post-COVID, was we, we saw the historically low interest rates. We knew they were going to go up um, and they've now gone up, right? So we're finding uh, to some degree a lot of people who, especially first-time home buyers, who bought properties um, at the low interest rates, a lot of them are struggling quite a bit. Um, and that's why we've also just seen the, the, the interest rate increase be slightly staggered. And then comes inflation into the mix that obviously, you know, raises a very different conversation when you're looking at uh, the repo rate. But I think one of the things I say and I always emphasize this to people, property should be, when you make a property decision, don't just look at one factor. And that one factor only being, for instance, interest rates. Um, one of the big things we kept hearing, uh, you know, in the thick of COVID was interest rates are low, therefore you must buy. And like, I'd always be like, no, no, no. Um, buy when you're ready, buy when you have actually been planning for it and have been saving up for it. You should not use interest rates or only one driver to be the, the, the reason behind buying uh, because that's where you end up finding yourself 
you know, struggling financially because everything has now gone up, not just interest rates, but we've seen the price of everything we buy. All our groceries have gone up. So you tend to find that you're now not even having a lot of wiggle room in the market. But I think the market is really great for people who have been planning. There's so much negotiating room right now. Um, It's a it's great for tenants. I mean, tenants are able to really negotiate their rental quite well, um, especially, for instance, in the greater Gauteng area, some of the, even I mean, Durban, some of the urban areas uh, and the met- metropolitan areas because there's a lot of stock on the market. And as landlords, we're also looking for good tenants. And so if a tenant, let's say, had listed a property uh, for monthly rental of 7000 and a tenant is like, actually, is it possible to rather get it for six point two? And when you when you do your background checks and your due diligence, you realize this is actually a good tenant. Everything checks out. As a landlord, you're more likely to take that tenant as opposed to stick yeah. to seven k and not have a tenant at all, or get a bad tenant who'll pay for the first three months and not pay at all. So it really is. It, it's great for people who are able to navigate it, um, whether you're a tenant or, of course, looking to uh, purchase your first home. Yeah, is it a buyer's or a seller's market? It's a little bit of both. I think sellers, sellers, you, you'll be able to sell if you're setting your price at the right amount. I mean, one of the things that I've found is, um, and now we're slightly seeing that course correction because during COVID it was so bad. A lot of the sellers would, you know, sort of incorrectly set their price and they would set it based on the interest rate and what, you know, buyers would potentially afford as opposed to where the market, what the value of that property, what the trends are. And some of the properties would then stay on the market for, you know, a relatively long period of time. Whereas now they're realizing they can't do that. So you actually need to go back to where's your property property actually being priced you know what what are the trends in your street or in your complex uh, and in your area so you can't price yourself for instance 300k above everybody else um, i mean we tend to find sometimes that some of the bells and whistles that people put in their properties um, they're not making some of that money from it so as much as load shedding is is just one of those things we all hate people putting in an inverter um, for instance let's say for 100k they're sometimes often not able to add that 100K to the purchase price. Um, and that's because the other properties in the area are not yeah. necessarily going for 100K plus. So it's also just speaks to when you're then an owner of a property, upgrade. But if you know that at some point you're actually going to be selling, don't overinvest in that property because you're, you're going to struggle to recoup some of the money that you've uh, put into that individual property. And... Um what are the critical elements a buyer must look for in a house? So, I mean, I'll always say if if you're going to live there, because it depends whether you're buying to live there for a relatively shortish period of time or at some point, let's say in five, seven years time, you're going to um, maybe want to buy with a partner and, you know, upgrade and get a bigger place. You want to make sure that firstly, you can afford the property. And what I mean by that, and I, I even talk about it in the book, just because you qualify for a certain amount for a home loan doesn't necessarily mean that you can afford it. Uh, you know, you can, for instance, qualify for a 1.5 million in house, but or property 
property or apartment. But then when you look at the running costs of, you know, that specific property, you may find that actually you can't afford it because you may have your your bond amount, let's say, at 15K uh, and then you've got your your levies. And often people don't look at levies. Levies are such an important amount to look at. You know, you see a property, you love it and you don't even ask the agent, what are levies? Can I see a levy statement? Um, some people don't ask about rates and taxes and, you know, how much rates and taxes in that area. And those are the little costs that often become big costs, right? Because if they're huge. I mean, I was looking at properties last night and I was saying to a friend, you know, there's a particular area, I won't single it out now, but there's an area that just tends to have very high levies. Almost every property in that specific, because there are a lot of uh, apartments in that area, Almost each and every single one, you're looking at 3.5 plus. And 3.5 is like the cheaper end. And I cannot tell you why that is the case. The buildings are relatively old. And to me, I'm like, why would that be the case? Especially, I mean, if, if your bond is 10K and you're paying levies for like 4,000. What I, is that though? It is insane, right? But, but isn't that regulated? Because I think, uh, you know, property, property management companies are, are taking a ride. You'd actually be surprised at how many aren't necessarily taking a ride, right? I mean, I've been a trustee a couple of times and I even urge people in my book that if you buy in a sectional title community, become a trustee because it gives you a view of how the complex or the estate that you live in runs and the running costs thereof. I mean, one of the perks of living in, you know, sectional title communities or any kind of community is that you share in the running costs. So whether it's security, for instance, the gardening um, and, and, and it's so important that we understand even the maintenance right so we're seeing for instance that um whenever um every i think seven years or so you'll find a lot of the complexes do a paint job um as one should so that you make sure that the you know the upkeep of the place is great um and painting is such an expensive exercise anybody who's painted even if you've just painted two rooms you know that a 20 liter bucket can sometimes exactly right (laughs) (laughs) now imagine you need those 20 liter buckets for a whole complex and just multiply that even if you get a discount it's still going to be hundreds and thousands of friends to paint so so in as much as there may be a, a small percentage of managing agents that perhaps are you know I don't even want to say scamming people, but uh, overcharging, you actually tend to find that when you look at the budget, it was necessary for levies to be a certain amount. Mm. And so as a, as the trustees, you can see other places where you can, you know, um, effectively and strategically cut on costs in a way that isn't going to compromise uh, the sectional title because you also don't want to find yourself cash strapped uh, further down the line. I know. 28 minutes after nine, and I'm telling you, we can have this conversation, you and I, and then we just hog the airwaves. Um, In case you want to share, maybe you want to, you know, point out a few things, um, give us a call 086-000-2032, or you can send us a voice note on 0614104107. Also, I'm going to be having uh, another guest uh, in a few minutes' time. Uh, that's in Tato Raboshaha, uh, independent property analyst, uh, just talking about property and the nitty-gritties that come with property. There are so many elements. And... I'm going to pose a question and where you can respond wherever you are. You can WhatsApp us. If you live in a in a in a complex and we're talking about levies right now as as just something that maybe you are going through. 
where your levies as as somebody who owns a unit you you just don't comprehend you don't understand your bond may be three thousand like you said or seven thousand and yet your rates and taxes and 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 basically your levies let's say the levies your levies are like five thousand six thousand and you're like someone explain please somebody anybody explain it, it gets to that point 